0: Gracias. Internet, you found us on a Thursday evening. Welcome to Caching in the Northwest. This is the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cachers from here and all around the globe. So while you're busy paying for your child's way into college, we'll be caching in the Northwest. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Oh, did I I say that? I'm sorry. I made my son do it the hard way. (laughs)
1: well while the rest of that's going on it means it's time to bring in our gambling gibbon some say he's only here because he lost a bet and others say he drinks pickle juice to celebrate each geocache find all we know is he's called land monkey
2: i'll tell you that pickle juice sure puts hair on your chest that's all i know i gotta tell my wife to stop drinking it (laughs) <laughs> all right so we are here tonight we are looking forward to having a fun episode and an informative episode we're so excited to have sandra richards uh rich sorry sandra riches exec- i was already reading ahead in my lines here executive <laughs> director and bc coordinator at adventure smart sandra welcome to the show
3: thank you for having me it's exciting this is uh it's a good thursday night it's raining here in, in the south coast it's good to be here with everyone
2: It's good to be inside, yeah. Yeah, inside. inside. Well planned trip, all right.
3: (laughs) We started off right,
2: (laughs) that's right. Folks, uh, we want to also throw out a quick reminder. We appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this podcast coming each and every week. And a special thanks to Landsharks, our corporate Denali-level sponsor. Reminder that I believe the special shipping offer is still going on for you Canadian and U.S. listeners from Landsharks.ca. That's free shipping on orders of $50 Canadian or greater to a max of $25 Canadian shipping costs. Just use the code SHIP50. All right. Now, if you want to know more about supporting this show, click that Patreon link somewhere over there
0: on the CachingNW.com website. Yeah, who knows where it is. But find it and click it because it's worth it. One thing we like to do each and every week on this show is to read a glow. What is a glow, you may ask? Well, that's a geocaching log of the week. I didn't even have time to ask. You gave me the answer right away. You asked. It, I just, I we have this mental connection you're right we do you yeah, have a mental something we're both <laughs> mental and we have this connection whether you wrote it or whether you read it we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better send an email to feedback at dot you can call in to 253-693 tftc or you can use a voicemail tool right there on the website and show us how you glow now We have all those ways to send in glows. There's another way. Oh, yes. We haven't left anything out. You could record it on your smartphone and send us the file. In fact, that's what we have tonight. We have a special glow with special background music and everything. This is a well-done glow. Are you ready? Here we go. Check, check. One, two. Yeah, it's not
2: too bad. Yeah, I think it
4: does pretty good.
2: All right. Hey guys, it's the Land Monkey. We are on this amazing geocaching Land Sharks cruise. We're having a great time and one of the cool cachers I ran into here has a great story to share. It's kind of a glow but uh, we'll get into it. So uh, first of all, why don't you share your caching name with us?
4: I'm known as Navy Guider and I'm from Saskatchewan.
2: All right, Navy Guider from Saskatchewan. Um, So you're on the cruise with us and you have a geocaching story to share.
4: Yes, I do. As many people know in Saskatchewan, our water is a little on the hard side for at least six months of the year. Well, there is one cache that was on a fairly big lake, not too far from where I live, and the name of the cache was Three Sister Island. So my friend of mine and I decided at the end of the year, at the end of the season, that maybe we should go get this cache. So we loaded up my canoe onto the top of my truck, and out we went. When we get out to the lake, oh, nice and smooth. The water's really nice and smooth. But when we got closer, we realized that it had iced over already.
2: Well, that's why it's nice and smooth.
4: Exactly. <laughs> that's why it was nice and smooth. So we decided, well, we'd go for it anyway, because the ice didn't seem to be too thick. So what we did is that I got into the front of my canoe, which was a, a Kevlar-based canoe, so it's fairly strong sides. He got into the back, and we pulled our way out to the edge of the ice. And what would happen is, as we went forward, I was in the bow. And the, the bow of the, of the canoe would come up, go down on the ice, and would break the ice. So we became an icebreaker. So well, very we, Canadian of I mean. <laughs> Very Canadian. And then so we went out. We got to the open water. We got to, over to the island, got the cash, And then coming back, of course, the wind had come up, and it was very strong. So the, if anybody does canoeing, they know that if you're not careful, you get a wind-vaining effect. So we were having a really hard time getting back. So both of us being experienced canoers, we decided to paddle backwards. And we canoed backwards all the way across the open water, back to our channel. And then we canoed backwards or paddled backwards all the way through our little ice channel that we had made to the shore. Got out, we got the smiley, and away we went.
2: Wow. So that is a great story. Sounds like you, um, when you went out, you were prepared. You knew what you were doing. So even though the situation turned a little bit on you... Uh, as unexpected weather conditions, you had the knowledge and skills to be able to handle it properly.
4: Yeah, very much. So both of us are good outdoorsmen, plus both of us were members, or I still am, members of Search and Rescue, so we know to be prepared. And uh, as I said, we're very good, uh, experienced canoers. Plus, we also had a third person with us, which is my husband, who's known, known as NavCom, and he was our safety person on shore. Mind you, though, he spent the whole time on shore laughing his head off as he was watched us go across the
2: ice. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us.
4: That's not a problem land monkey
2: all right well enjoy the rest of your cruise we're going to have an awesome time
4: sounds good everyone hopefully come and join one of these cruises one time they're a really good deal
0: awesome thanks a lot <laughs> well there you have it wow that was quite the adventure and yeah dealing with some hard water
1: yeah and geocaching with GSNX index two says oh that kind of hard water
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't get a lot of that in california that's yeah. for sure Sandra, I'm curious if you happen to recognize the voice of that guest.
3: I was listening so closely and I was racking my brain and I'm like, I know that voice. I know that voice. I know that voice. And yet no name came to mind.
2: It's your colleague from Saskatchewan.
3: Another hint. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh now now it's fun for me i'm gonna talk
3: with a lot of people across the country (laughs) 2500 in bc and then everyone in every province and territory i need a little bit more information the
2: the adventure smart regional
0: director for saskatchewan
3: oh my gosh (laughs) be be
0: nice land monkey don't be bitter like the uh, pickle juice you drink (laughs) that's right pickle juice so uh it's linda
3: Yes, 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 yes.
2: Right. <laughs> and and Linda was on the and her husband were on the cruise with us. And I, I recorded that and I was holding on to that one until we had you on the show because no, perfect, perfect,
3: perfect. Linda's awesome. There's so many um, other Adventure Smart ambassadors across the country. Linda's passionate and educated, and that's a great story. It's a great story.
2: Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, and she's a she's a hoot to hang out and geocache and cruise with. And as she says, folks, if you get a chance to go on a Landshark's geocaching cruise, don't, don't pass it up if you have the opportunity. All right.
1: Definitely oh. will. That, that sounds like that great. And, you know, the best part is I didn't have to read the glow tonight. We got to hear it in somebody else's own words. So. You got
2: cold listen. So,
1: yes. <laughs> that was very, quite unique. So, but that brings us to tonight. We're through with the glow and on to tonight's topic where we are going to learn about Adventure Smart BC from Sandra, as we you introduced uh, their mission, how to connect with them, and how you, dear geocacher, can cache and hike more safely. So, Sandra, as everybody has said, welcome. We're we're so glad you're here.
3: Thank you for having me. It's awesome to help increase awareness a little bit more and in a different fashion. Uh, we do lots of that across BC, face-to-face, at schools, at trailheads and on ski hills. We do lots of media, but uh, this is a first for me. I've been doing this for 15 years. It's the first to do podcasts like this. So thanks for including me and in wanting me
0: alone. Ooh, we're honored. Good to be here. Nice. Now, as an outdoor person yourself, have you tried geocaching, Sandra? No, is
3: this is my short answer.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm going to have answer. to take you
3: out, Sandra. Yes. No, I need, I need some guidance. I need some we
0: guidance. Can we can yeah, fix that.
3: I think you can fix that. And I think I'm talking to the right, right, right group of people that can help me do that. I've done a lot of things from being a BC park ranger and a backcountry ranger to, to um, uh, delivering presentations to young students, to studying an outdoor rec at Capilano university and, and, Bucking up trees to building trails, but I've yet to geocache yet.
0: Wow. Well, everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going to find that all those places you've been to have geocaches already Mm -hmm. in them. And you go, oh, I should have looked for that when I was here.
3: Exactly. I should have been looking all this time, all these years. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to consider tonight your honorary beginning of your geocaching experience. Thank you. So when people say, how long have you been geocaching, you can say, well, since March of 2019. (laughs) And then when we ask you, how long have you been with Adventure Smart BC, you can say?
3: 15
1: years. Okay. (laughs) That's how long I've been geocaching, coincidentally. So there you go. Oh,
3: there you go. Even trade. Even (laughs)
1: trade. That's awesome. And I'm just learning about Adventure Smart BC. So more a set. That's good. There you go.
2: So, and as we roll out, maybe the next thing to ask, Sandra, is what is the mission of Adventure Smart? What's the raison d'etre?
3: It's a big mission. It's it's one that started in 2005 based on the fact uh, that we have more search and rescue calls here in British Columbia than everywhere else in Canada. And, and it's a busy province. It's a healthy province. And, uh, and there's lots of active, healthy people that love to play outdoors. Uh, but they also have some incidents that come along the way from that enthusiasm. Uh, we started the program based on that fact uh, 15 years ago. And the whole focus behind it is to increase awareness to help reduce the number and severity of those search and rescue calls So we're here to work with search and rescue, like Linda, uh, and in BC, we work exclusively, closely with 80 search and rescue groups and the 2,500 volunteers, and I have over 300 volunteer Adventure Smart presenters who also deliver the presentations and programs and messaging, in addition to my staff and my outreach crews. So there's a few of us in BC who are passionate about search and rescue response and prevention, and, and it's a big family. Uh, We're all here for you to help you when and if you need us, uh, but we're also here to educate you, inform you, and engage with you about safe practices, outdoor safety, what you need to do to be a responsible outdoor enthusiast, so that when and if you get in trouble, because accidents happen, uh, you're better equipped, better prepared, and then search and rescue responders can find you faster and in better condition. So it's, it's, it's a selfish program. We're here to help you, to help us, is the whole focus.
0: That's fabulous. I like that. Land monkey, are you with us? I am. Okay. I, I didn't see you moving there, and I thought maybe we <laughs> lost you for a moment. Uh, I was I was enraptured listening to what Sandra had
2: to say. I am um, a passionate supporter of Adventure Smart and our local SAR
0: groups in BC. Definitely, great. Uh, didn't know you guys did so much. This is this is really incredible. Now, given that geocachers like hikers and other outdoors people will often take risks in order to get a reward, what are the key things they should know before they go out and head out on their next adventure?
3: I group all of you, geocachers, hikers, paddlers, backcountry skiers, boaters, Climbers, scramblers, you're, we're all, we are all outdoor enthusiasts and we're all out for something. If it's to find something, as we look along the trail, if it's to climb something, paddle something, break ice in a canoe like Linda, <laughs> something, uh, we're all out for that, just to be outside. And, and the whole focus behind what we want you to do at Adventure Smart is really simple and it really stems to common sense, but we, 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 we fashion it in, in what we call the three T's. We want you to trip plan every single time. We want you to train for the activity that you're doing, and we want you to take essentials with you. And all of that encompass many little things in those three T's, but those three T's, if there's anything you can remember, those three T's are it. And, and they can really make a huge difference, filing a simple trip plan at home, leaving it with friends and family. It can be something like the app that we'll talk about in a second or sticky note left on the fridge for mom or dad or your, your partner. Um, You've let them someone know where you're going and they know when you're returning amongst other information that can mean the difference between search and rescue finding you within a few hours because they know all that information compared to not knowing what mountain region range to look for you. And then it could equate to a couple of days so that's critical. Having the right training for the activity you do. Linda knew how to break ice with her canoe. She knew how to paddle backwards. I've seen her do <laughs> uh, airstrokes in, in workshops that we've been at. She, she knows what she's doing. She would be a proud partner to be along with in a canoe. So she had the training and knew how to do that confidently. So training can, ex- can go from something like that to backcountry awareness and having an avalanche skills training, um, as I do, as, and many, and we know what to carry and do with that training Uh, it could be first aid it could be climbing it could be all sorts Um, it could be mentorship my dad taught me how to chop wood really well so I know how to start fire that's training as well and now my son knows how because I taught him so there's different forms of training Uh, and then there's essentials we want you to take we want you to take those essentials and they consist of a few things and then you add to them seasonally and sport specific Avalanche tre- transceiver shovel pro for winter. Obviously, a PFD and a life jacket. We are in that canoe. Uh, there's different s- seasonal things you would add. So the three T's for planning, training, taking those essentials. That's our main message.
1: Well, as we've said, we are huge supporters of search and rescue. We're very appreciative of all that you guys do and all that all the emergency crews do. And really, we all hope that everybody in the search and rescue field has a long boring season with nothing to do because everybody that goes out in the out, outdoors has planned ahead and done the 3 T's and all that we I mean, would hope yeah <laughs> doesn't happen but yeah. so i love that you've you've boiled that down to 3 T's that's like the huge you know overview and, and as you drill deeper we've talked about the 10 essentials a lot on this trip and you 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 hit on those any Anything else you want to add to the 10 essentials before we move on? That's, that's a huge topic we've hit, and our listeners are huge believers in those.
3: Yeah, and we've we? We all, the outdoor community has referenced the 10 essentials for years and years and years. What we did at Adventure Smart we actually changed it. We put a little wrench in the chain there, and, and we just call it the essentials. We don't want people to stop at 10. We don't want people to think, okay, I've got 10. I'm good to go, I can survive out here for three days. I'm good. They said 10. I've got 10. I don't need that's anything. Good, more. yeah. So we have to say take the essentials. Um, it's critical that you pack. There are 10 basic ones, but I never just have the 10. If I'm on my mountain bike, I've got my mountain bike kit and my tools for that. If I need an extra tube, if I need uh, different tools for my mountain biking um, ride, that's, that's additional gear, right? So my basics, add to it. Backcountry winter traveler from snowmobiling with my boyfriend in Whistler. Of course, we have extra gear, so it doesn't stop at 10, Uh, you know, and I think everyone has a general good idea of what those 10 things are, but you know, you may take something different than me, your first aid kit might be different than mine based on your Mm -hmm. certification, Uh, maybe medications, uh, maybe certain foods, allergies, there's all sorts of things that we take as essentials. Uh, some are funny, some are definitely essential, if it's coffee or chocolate or, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of great essentials that aren't listed on the Adventure Smart website, but we do have the basics there. And then you add to them seasonal and sport specific.
1: Yeah. And I think it's great that you say it can change depending on your specific needs, the season you're in, the activity you're partaking in, all those things.
3: Absolutely. And it's critical to think that way. We want you to make quite a few decisions before you leave the house to go geocaching, to go backcountry skiing, to go for a snowshoe, to go for a dog walk. Yeah. Rescue those first responders, rescue all sorts of outdoor enthusiasts from dog, walker, dog walkers to backcountry snowmobilers to paddlers and climbers. So everyone needs to think about what they need for them.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite things to take geocaching is a land monkey, personally. But, oh. um, that's, <laughs>
3: that's an essential.
1: Yeah, he is an essential. He and she, they're both essentials. They're there great. you go. There I,
2: think, I think I think we're talking a little bit about the training piece there, but um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're planning <laughs> to take me anywhere, but um, uh, definitely and it is echoed in our, in our chat by a number of the folks in our chat talking about various things that they would add to the essentials list, depending on, on what they're doing and, um, you know, every, everybody has different outdoor sports they participate in and things that they would want to bring. And I think that it's that awareness. And part of that awareness uh, comes from one of the other T's and that's the training piece. Um, I, we're gonna get you to talk a little bit more about that. But first I had a question from the chat I wanted to ask you, Sandra. And uh, GSMX2 asks, uh, does training include physical training?
3: Great question short answer is yes. And here goes the long answer. So we want you to have all of those other certifications that we talked about, if it's mentorship and certification. But training also goes to physical and mental preparedness. So, you know, there's a lot of easily accessible outdoor activities to do throughout our province. We're really fortunate that things are easy to get to. It can often give people a false sense of security. And they may not think that they need the physical or the mental Uh, stability and training to do what they need to do because the hike is just up the street and around the corner. Mm -hmm. I can go to work. I can get off the airplane for that matter and be on a trail within within a half an hour, 45 minutes. And and do I need to be physically fit for that? Some may think it's easy to get to. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's not as difficult as I would think it would be. Our mind does funny things to us. We don't really always realize Uh, if something's farther away to to get to or to plan for, You actually go into that mode of, well, I better do a little research. I better look up something on my phone and do some research. I might need to get a book from the library if anybody does that anymore. (laughs) I might need to do some more research. But when activities are easy to get to, it gives people a false sense of security. And that physical and mental training as one example, aside from all the essentials you should take with you, is sometimes disregarded, and, and they don't take that into consideration. So being physically fit is critical. We have some easy, great terrain. We have some difficult, challenging terrain that's just as easily accessible. So being physically fit is critical. Most of the calls for the search and rescue volunteer groups that are the highest call volume groups in the province, rescue people in the south coast. Where are those trails? Easily accessible in the south coast. They're more than not, not far away in the north, anywhere big and far. They're close. They're easy to get to. Probably someone just drove there from their house or went after work.
2: It's just a lot easier to get into trouble.
3: You got it. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. I I wouldn't have said that would be the majority of rescue calls. Wow. That's
2: it's surprising. But yeah, if you start, uh, so I follow all the BC SAR groups on Twitter and you can, you at a glance, you can see number one, North Shore Rescue. They are the busiest. They're constantly out there. Uh, also, uh, Coquitlam uh, Search and Rescue, all, all the lower mainland SAR groups are constantly busy all year round um, and they're training and, you know, it's, it looks like hopefully they'll be getting some more funding in the future. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation we won't get into tonight, but uh, maybe for the after show, but.
1: Uh, We've also uh, covered too, that the majority of the BC population is down in the lower it is. part of the, of the the province. So and, that and that's where most too. of
2: the visitors come and, and it's yeah. not all the locals that are getting rescued either. Oh no, no, I'm sure of that.
3: It's not. And that's a good point. If I could steer to that, that would be um, something I'd like to steer to is, is the ESL demographic, the new Canadians, the visitors They're they're the ones that are also being rescued. And, and those are subjects that are, that we're gathering out there in the forest because they've come here and they're visiting for a reason. So it's, 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 it's a challenge as well.
2: Absolutely. And, And that I think segues us into the topic of trip plans because, Uh, You brought it up and it's one of the three T's and it's something that there's actually a little bit of news. Uh, Maybe it's not super new news, but it's still news that I wanted to get to. So the idea of a trip plan, it might be foreign to some of our listeners, but you mentioned earlier, it can be as easily as put a post-it note on the fridge. This is And for geocachers, this is the GC code that I'm going after. Wow. All of a sudden you're giving people coordinates of where you're going to be headed, right? Super easy to do, super important. But um, it's not a lot of work. And, and we've also heard there's an even easier way to do it now. Sandra, do you want to share that news?
3: I do. So, you know, a sticky note works. There's, there's no question about that. We, we search and rescue responders, <laughs> want something. We want something that we can refer to so that we can look at and we can see where you are, who you're with, what you took, where you're going, when you're coming back, what gear you have, what training you have. That's critical information. That's like gold for search and rescue. Um, Otherwise, they're blank. Their slate is blank. And they don't have a clue where to go, what to look, or who they're looking for, aside from whoever's called it in. Um, So sticky note works. um, A selfie at the trailhead works. You know, send that off to a friend. Post it wherever you do. If you do have any social networks that you can put it on. But what we've just um, announced uh, recently here in February is the new trip plan app. So, Adventure Smart started a new app um, across the country because we're a national program now based on our provincial success. We went national in 2009. Uh, we actually have a new trip plan app that you can download. It's easy. Go to adventuresmart.ca. And it's in the trip planning section. Easy to find, easy to work through. And you can register on there and use that at your liberty for big and small adventures. It's easy. It prompts you through. You really don't have too much thinking to do aside from fill in the blanks. And and let us know where you're going and send um, notifications to your emergency contacts, which are already on your phone. And you can send it via email or text prompts. That's at your discretion. And uh, off you go. And then you just... Trip completed when you get back. So, my one little suggestion, if you just choose to do that, if you haven't done it yet, is to create one, create a few. I have one for biking, I have one for hiking, I have one for skiing or a road trip. What I do is then I go in and I just modify that one the next time I go to bike again. So, I'm not having to creating another one. I just change the date. I'm often riding with the same group of people. My emergency contact stays the same. I just change the date and time. So, one little inside tip that allows me to uh, to use the same one over and over. But it's easy to use, and uh, it's it's really, hopefully, making a difference. And it will help search and rescue. So when and if I didn't return, my emergency contact gets that notification push. What they do is then give me a ring, send her, where are you? You're not back. You've been out for a ride. You're not home. I don't answer. Then they phone their municipal or RCMP police detachment. Um, And that's all the number we know. It's not a different number for search and rescue. It's only 911. And then the detachment municipal or RCMP phone the local search and rescue, and then everything gets into play. So that's the series of events that would happen, and that's the process that goes through. And actually, the task manager is always the police. The ones that run the calls are the search search and rescue groups. Huh
0: guess i didn't know all that well that makes sense yeah yeah i never thought about it before i've never called for search and rescue so
2: and that's a good thing but chris before before you get into the next stuff because you you've got some great stuff to get into as well i just i have another question about this sandra now a lot of our listeners are not from bc uh, of this podcast but they visit british columbia and they come hiking up here and geocaching of course that's our demographic Uh, come up here and explore and and enjoy, or they come up to other parts of Canada. um, Would it make sense for them to uh, download the trip plan app?
3: They can. Definitely you can use it and register and actually use it within Canada. So we don't have any way to use it outside of Canada just yet, but anyone who's visiting um, from a province, another territory and in Canada want to use that for sure. You know, there's any form of trip planning. If I can get back to the basics is, what we're after. The app is awesome. It's easy. And it's definitely great for Canadians. If anyone else is coming in as a visitor, we still need you to trip plan and do something about that. So the idea is that you you leave that note at home, you let someone know, let's say you're staying at a hotel, you're still probably in touch with family or friends somewhere in the world, if it's through WhatsApp, or WeChat, or, or Facebook, or Instagram, or Twitter, or there's money.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, we're often posting something somewhere. And that can also be a form of a trip plan because when and if something goes sideways, there'll be means to track down some information from as many of your platforms as possible. One might be the sticky note. One might be I emailed a friend, I've let people know at work, or I've used the app. So there's many means of trip planning, not just the app. The app's great, but there's other ways to do it.
2: Great. Nice. Thank you, Sandra. And thanks for letting me throw that in there, Chris.
0: No problem. Now we have another question from the chat. This one comes from GSM Times Two. He says, "Is there a counterpart to Adventure Smart in the United States?"
3: Great question. Uh, well, we have under our curriculum we have five programs that we deliver: the Hug a Tree and Survive program, Snow Safety Education, Survive Outside, Paddle Smart, and Coast Smart, and a Snowmobile program. Pardon me, that's six. Um, actually, the first program program that came underneath our umbrella was the Hug a Tree and Survive program which actually started in the United States. Um, it started based on an unfortunate situation that happened um, over 30 years ago. Unfortunately, a little boy passed away after he was with his family. He passed away due to the elements and of hypothermia. But what resulted from that, and his parents are super grateful, is the Hug a Tree and Survive program was created. That was created and still is delivered in the United States and here in Canada. So um, there's not an official overseeing umbrella like we have here at adventure smart and adventure smart is quite unique in bc in canada and internationally um, we're sought after as a model to emulate and we're, we're quite proud of it so we, we love to share our best practices and work with other affiliates um, uh, there's other search and rescue associations out there that that have reached out to us um, ireland's been interested in it New Zealand has a version of the Adventure Smart program. Uh, They came to one of our search and rescue conferences and then went back there um, and and tweaked it unique to their demographic and their landscape, which is a little bit different than ours, and uh, and made it work for them. So there's lots happening out there, and, and we're excited to share what we do here because we don't want anyone else to recreate the wheel. We're here to offer our resources to as many as we can.
0: Oh, that is so fabulous to hear. And as a follow-up, GSM times two is actually looking at the adventuresmart.ca page right now and says it's full of fabulous information. And and I agree. So head on over there. Even if you're in the U.S., go ahead and take a look. I mean, yeah. it's it's good. Uh, one more question from the chat, and then we'll get back to our uh, regular scheduled program. Uh, Trexer wants to know, what are your thoughts on personal locator beacons?
3: You know, people ask about specific gear, about specific items that they should take. Um, should I take the spot? Should I take in reach? Should I use the app? Should I use this? Should I use that? You know, we, we want you to do your research. So if we go back to the three T's and we talk about that trip planning, that trip planning also means you need to plan your trip, which means you, do, you need to do some research on the unit that you're going to take. That works for you. Um, a lot of them cost a few dollars. So does that fit in your budget? Um, a lot of them have a, an annual fee, a right. service fee that uh, is accompanying to them. So that needs to be considered as well. There's a lot of devices that will, that will send a signal and bring help to you that are an SOS signal. So I don't want to say one is better than the other. But what I do want to say is do your research on them and what, what specifics on each unit will do for you, how they work in your, in your region of the province, state, country is applicable to each unit you buy because they're unique to their own and you need to understand where that communication lies and where it falls and how it does come back to you originally, um, eventually.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. Now you mentioned the three T's. Do you have any examples that you could provide of people, uh, being aware and bringing those three T's with them, making a difference and how their day ended?
3: Absolutely. Just last summer, there was a gentleman who decided to go for a few overnighters. I believe his trip was for three to five days, if I remember correctly. He was heading up uh, Indian Arm and heading out into the backcountry for a trek. and, And he left a very detailed trip plan with his wife. And it was it was down to the wire. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was something to to model. And uh, he headed out there to do his thing. And he was experienced. He had training. He had spent time in the outdoors. He was aware and knowledgeable and confident and had the right gear. Um, He was this was a great example. Unfortunately, he hurt himself. And what helped him and saved him, to be honest, was his trip plan because he didn't communicate with his wife when he said he was. He had check-in, check-out times throughout his trip, and that started to lapse, and then she couldn't communicate with him. So the trip plan that he left behind absolutely 100% made all the difference in search and rescue finding him quickly. In the condition that he was in, which wasn't great, but it was better than if they didn't find him right away, and they were able to extract him, bring him out to safety, and he needed medical help right away. There was lots of mutual aid involved from RCM SAR, um, Marine Search and Rescue, to to helicopter, Talon helicopter. The local search and rescue groups collaborated and did mutual aid. There was there was a lot of involvement in that call, and and it it was successful because of his trip plan. There's no question.
0: Nice, folks. Listen, listen to what was just said. You need a trip plan. Always go out with one,
1: yeah, yeah, it could save your life. Mm-hmm. And that's not an exaggeration. It really could so keats ninety four asks about your uh app about the adventure smart notifications. Can you write a profile and have your key info preset? and I think that's kind of what you're alluding to when you said you had a biking and skiing and different presets, and he also asks if you can list your skills, abilities, and what you've brought with you on your trip when you submit that report. So it, if somebody needs to come look, they know what you're capable of and what you have with you.
3: Absolutely. So there's there's uh, information on there when you create your first one that stays in there, you save it, and you initiate it. You, you, you send it off and you file it. Um, that's great. And then you're going to go back. You can use it again, which is cool. That Then you can just readjust everything and go from there. Um, then you can also go back and actually add different things on it that shows you all of the things on there to add the different details on it. And it gives you the list of the essentials. And you just go tick, 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 and away you go. There's a field at the bottom to add transceiver, shovel, probe, mountain bike safety kit. I've got my duct tape. I've got my extra special uh, hydration pack. You know, there's all those things on there that you can add to it. So it gives you fields to include extra information. But we also prompt you with uh, a few little icons where you can actually – Put the information on there that will help the search and rescue volunteers realize that you have a fire-making kit, that you know how to start a fire, that you have extra clothes, that you have extra food, that you have water. What that does for search and rescue, it allows them to think, okay, we know we need to get them. We know they're injured. We know we need to get them home. We also need to know that they're not super cold. They might be, but not really. They have some extra clothing, that they have some food, and that they have some hydration. And maybe they've started a fire because they told us they have a fire making kit there and that they know how to do it. So that allows the search and rescue members to know that they have hopefully set a stage for themselves to be in a better condition when SAR get to them and bring them home. So it's, it's twofold. Again, it's, it's, it's everyone looking out for themselves and being that responsible individual and looking out for yourself, knowing that search and rescue will find you when it's safe for them to do so, when it's safe for search and rescue to do so.
1: That's great. That's great. Now your your organization, the, uh, your mission, your message and everything, it's fantastic. And there are a lot of people listening to this that are just finding out about it. And that's great. We're happy to get the word out. But maybe there's, you have some other suggestions of ways that people could help support you getting your message out. They're excited about your mission. And maybe not those of us in the US, but if you're up there in Canada, they'd like to volunteer with your organization. Are there ways they could do that and help you spread your message?
3: We're always welcoming volunteers. I have over 300 that I uh, have trained and they're recognized presenters here in BC. And what they do is they're advocates for search and rescue response and prevention. So some of them are search and rescue responders and belong to one of our 80 search and rescue groups. But the majority of them aren't search and rescue volunteers. What they are is they're outdoor guides, they're scouts, they're girl guide leaders, they're outdoor enthusiasts, they're paddling instructors, they're gym teachers at schools, they're teachers, they're... Nanas, their grandpas who just love to be outside and don't mind educating others. So there's there's a multifaceted group of volunteers who help us. So what we do is we actually put on workshops to train others who want to be ambassadors with us. And they're free of charge. Everything we do is free. We don't charge for anything. And we can train you as um, an educator, an ambassador, a volunteer presenter with the Adventure Smart Program in BC. And then we outfit you with everything, all of your curriculum, all of everything that you need to, to go into your community and deliver our message. So we support you with that on the back side of our, our adventure smart website. There's some information there and files for all of the people that we train. So you're helping us by increasing awareness. We'll help you and support you with all of the curriculum and the, and the resources that you need. And that's an easy way, an easy way to do that is This as well, to share our message. If you don't want to go out there personally and do it face to face, but you might have, Twitter, or you might have instagram or you might have facebook um, you can actually share our boilerplate messaging for us in, included in your post so let's say you go geocaching you've hit this beautiful trail it's gorgeous and you post something about it and you're really talking about what you're doing but if you'd love to be an advocate for the adventure smart program in bc you can just share our boilerplate messaging you can talk about those three t's or you can just say For more information to be safe outdoors, visit adventuresmart.ca. So there's different ways for you also to support us that um, take less time but are super effective. And we have lots of um, hotel associations that help us. We have outdoor guides that help us. We have teachers that help us. We have tourism that help us, search and rescue and non-search and rescue, and hopefully some geocachers about to help us.
0: (laughs) I am absolutely blown away. By the breadth of the coverage of Adventure Smart. Um, this uh I'm I'm taking it all in, going, How come I don't know about this?
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Today may not be a great day to get outside, but spring is coming and we've had some great weather. We're gonna get some more uh in the coming months. Are there any safety tips? Outdoor safety tips you want to make sure our listeners are aware of and are following uh, when, you know, once spring finally hits and we get to go outside again.
3: I know. We're just itching to get I know, I know. I know. So, so bad. We've all had a crazy winter, I think, right across the country. And and it's it's time for it to stop. And it's time to change systems. Um, again, that gives us a lot of excitement and maybe some pent up adventure energy and we want to get rid of it and whatever that means is, it's different for some some of us than others, but we're itching to get out and go. Um, I'd like to plant a little safety seed, uh, which is what I do all the time, but it, it's really to be considerate of that there's still snowpacks in a large part of our province, and we still, need to be aware of our avalanche conditions. So there's still a good snowpack out there. There's still access to those trails. If you're a snowshoer, if you're out on your micro spikes or your crampons, because those are awesome, by the way, on a, on a hard pack trail, um, they're also an essential. Um, so there's still access to that. And, and with March break coming up, it's, it's critical to think that, yes, it's spring down on the coast, down by the water, and it's warm, and those daffodils and everything, those little crocuses are popping through. Up there, we still have a few feet of snow, to say the least. And yeah. as the air warms up, as the sun exposes to certain exposures of the, the mountains, we will see things change. And if you have any avalanche safety training, you understand what could and might happen based on that. And and you become the trigger, per se, as the snowshoer, skier, backcountry user You're the trigger that could release something. So I think going into spring, we think, oh, great, we get to bike and we get to hike and we get to do all these great things. Well, people are doing that, but they're still often doing it on the snow because people still love to gain elevation because they want to get to that peak because they might want to take that picture and toss it up on their Instagram for some reason or other. So the access to that is probably still covered in a good chunk of snow and, and things have to be considered sinkholes, creeks running underneath, uh, stability for footing, proper footwear. This is the time when things go a little sideways because people get spring in their brain. Mm-hmm. They leave the house ready for spring? They head to the mountains and they sort of forget that there's a little elevation gain there yeah, and that there's still snow up there and that they don't have those essentials with them to be prepared. So, That might be my tip for spring. Maybe not what people thought I might say, but that's what I would stick to at this time of year.
0: It's great.
1: It's definitely been a long, cold, lonely winter. It feels (laughs) like years since it's been here. (laughs) Smiles are returning to our faces. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there has been a lot of activity, as there always is, it seems, in our chat. And I know that Steve says he downloaded the app after hearing Linda's Adventure Smart Chat on the cruise. And wants to thank Sandra for assisting in connecting the scout group with someone to give a hug a tree presentation.
3: Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. We we have all of those presentations that I spoke about and we speak to face to face just in BC. We talk to 25,000 plus people every year delivering those presentations. So we reach a lot of people young and old.
1: Cash Canada also says checking out the webpage also sharing it to our Facebook pages, Uh, Would you come back in the summer or fall to share more insight and how we can explore geocache and adventure smart?
3: Absolutely. We're here 24 seven. So we, I'd love to come back and talk about different things. You know, we talked about winter activities and there's a lot that's happens in the summer that we definitely need to be conscious of and fall super great for hiking, but summer leads us up to waterfalls and paddling and, and so lots goes on then too.
1: Well, I know we're here every week and I, I think I could speak for my
2: co-host and say we'd love to have you back.
3: Yeah, thank you. I'd love to. It's great to share this information.
2: Yeah, this has been super informative. And you know, Sandra, you and I have been corresponding for a while. And I'm uh, I'm, I'm one of those social media passionate people constantly <laughs> telling people, be adventure smart, three Ts, get out there, but do you it are. safe. Um, and so to have you be able to join us tonight on the podcast and really Clearly communicate the full message has been super valuable. Our listeners obviously are loving hearing it. And for those who aren't able to join us live, if you're watching the recording of this podcast, hopefully you've really gotten a lot out of it. And, and, and keep, keep passing that message on.
3: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, we're here for you guys. AdventureSmart.ca. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're, we're out and about. If you want to learn a little bit more about BC Search and Rescue, uh, they have a great Facebook page as well. And they have a wonderful website. You know, there's a lot of dedicated 2,500 volunteers, unpaid professionals who, who dedicate their time out of passion, um, highly skilled, highly trained, ready for you when they need you. I'm here to keep them home as much as I can. So that's my job, and that and that falls mm-hmm. to everyone else out there too. The more you can do to be prepared, we can help those volunteers stay home a little bit more because they go out sixteen hundred times every year just mm. in D.C. And we'd love to bring that number down.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let them stay with their family barbecue instead of going out and helping you out. And but we know they're happy to do it when they need when they needed.
3: They are, but they'd love to stick around for that barbecue and that birthday and that Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, and we'd love to leave them there, too. So, Well, thank you so much. If you hang out a little while, we might chat a little more. But first, we're going to cover a couple of little points of business. And I turn to listeners, and we want to thank you all for tuning in. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. We've got more coming up in the weeks to come here. Next week, we're going to talk with Geocaching Homa and GeocoinFest 2019 and then we wrap up March with geocaching pro tips about
0: spring cleaning, because we all love spring and we can't wait to get a little bit more. We got a taste, we want a little bit more. April eleventh, we're going to talk with G- GC Droid about inside and updates, insights and updates. And of uh, sometime between now and April eleventh, maybe my tongue will start working again. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, but you know, maybe, maybe.
2: maybe not. <laughs> No guarantees. All right. Well, you know, and also this is the point in the show where I want to take a moment to thank Land Sharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor. Landsharks.ca is the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online or go in person and visit their store in Victoria, British Columbia, open six days a week. Well, except holidays, and they ship orders online daily. All right. Well, that's fantastic. This has been such a great, fun, so informative good. episode. Um, I don't want it to end, but, but it, it needs to. And Sandra, we're so excited to have you back again in the future. And we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff, including uh, you and I are going to talk about getting you out
0: geocaching.
3: There you go. It's a deal. No problem.
0: Right. Next good. time you're on the show, you're going to tell us about your first cache find. There you Ooh. go. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> 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 You'll be on the show next week. So
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <Not pressure. laughs> okay, No I'll, I'll give you a little more time.
2: Thank you. Um, awesome. And of course, as we always do at this point in the show, we want to thank all of our faithful Denali Level supporters, Land Sharks, Bounce Bounce, Limax Team, Squirrel and World Caching. And if you want to, oh, and JP's Geo Geodesign, Geodesigns. A nice. oh boy, did I trip over that one? Uh <laughs> JP's Geodesigns as well, our newest uh Denali Level sponsor. Thank you. If you want to know more about supporting this show, click that Patreon link on the CachingNW.com website, and you too will have me fumble over your name, just like <laughs> Broncos Fan for Life, Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kev MacD, Subway, Mark Dormore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Nav Pros, Wino Seattle, Doc, Billy Robson, Genies, Anteus Keats94, Trexor Zero, MC3, Cats Kennelbarb, MNerve, White Coaster and Green Words, and Sege Hove. Oh, it's getting long. <laughs> that list is getting long.
0: Our well, goal is to have a list longer than one of Land Monkey's breaths.
2: It it almost is. One more <laughs> name. I think you guys are gonna do me in.
1: It's a it's a goal. So get out there, guys, and throw yeah.
0: Let's see. And, if we and can... the longer you wait, the better his lung capacity is gonna get. So yeah, we gotta get proof. those. Yeah, those <laughs> patrons in there,
1: yeah. there now. Yeah, no, throw it there soon and make land monkey look like a smurf. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's turning blue right before our very eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap up credits here, we want to throw out some contact information. Sandra, as our guest, I throw it to you first. I know you've thrown out adventuresmart.ca first. Is there Are there any other ways that you'd like people to be able to reach you that you want to toss out?
3: Absolutely. Thank you. So adventuresmart.ca is our national website. Provincially, you can reach us at Twitter. Um, it's at BC underscore space underscore A-S. Uh, on Instagram, it's at BC underscore AdventureSmart, all one word. And we'd love to see you. We'd love to chat with you and engage with you. We also take bookings across the province. So if you're interested in us coming to do a Lunch and Learn for your work, if you want us to talk to your kids at school, uh, we'd happy to be, be happy to do that. You can email me directly at coordinator at ca, and we'll do what we can for you.
2: Oh, I, learn learn at work. I hadn't thought about that idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, it is. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. it works really well. We've been into some corporations and different businesses, and, and it's it's an hour we deliver our Survive Outside program. We Everyone that attends our presentations and programs and comes to our trailheads and ski hill events, everyone gets an emergency whistle, an emergency shelter, a trip Ooh. runner, a signaling card. We give out things to, to again, we're doing it selfishly, uh, so that you have some tools to use in case you need to signal search and rescue. So we we have incentives for you as well.
1: It just keeps getting better and better.
3: It does. We have slang. So
1: wow, land monkey. That's a tough act to follow, but. How can it people is? reach you? I'm glad I'm you not
2: next. I, I'd rather you reach out to Sandra to be quite honest. <laughs> well, but, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to, uh definitely you can find us on YouTube at L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y Lan Monkey. And a new episode, finally, a new episode dropped earlier this evening. So go check that out once this show's over and you know, stay up till two in the morning, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, check that out and of course follow us twitter instagram periscope what have you we're land monkey cg so that's at land monkey sorry did i say cg at yes. land monkey gc i don't know where i am most of the time but <laughs> i always have a trip long, plan so somebody else wrong with I my am.
0: tongue seems to be contagious tonight <laughs> yes i, I yes. apologize
2: oh what's end, my friend where do people find you i think that would be land monkey
1: coast guard is what you were looking at <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, i think like so that. yeah I don't have a, a, a whatever, like you said, a, a, all of those things. But uh, I do have Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, geocaching.com. I'm wit's end on all of those platforms. Or, well, come back next Thursday and look for me right here.
0: Chris? Uh, we like you here every Thursday. Hey, you can find me on Twitter, at Facebook, at CachingNW. I'm on Instagram, at caching in the Northwest, And, of course, you can head on over to com slash hosts, And read our bios, find all those links we mentioned and a few secret ones we keep just to see if you go over there and read. But most of all, we want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. You can call into 253-693-TFTC. Leave us a comment. Ask us a question. Let us use your yacht any time of the day or night. Of course, you can email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Also, your support helps keep quality shows coming. If you like this show, please click the Patreon link on the CachingNW.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. The show is produced by Chris Umfenauer, Jay Kennedy, and Jim Paulwitz. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, copyright 2019 by Chris Umfenauer. And we ask you to stay tuned for The After Show. The after show. Now, folks, if you're new to Caching in the Northwest, like Sandra is, (laughs) the After Show is an opportunity for us to be able to chat with the listeners who are watching us live. I guess the watchers who are watching us live, the viewers um, to the live broadcast. And it's an opportunity to talk about maybe a little more about the topic that we just went on and some things that have absolutely nothing to do related to it. It's just a time to sit and chat just like we were at a coffee shop. So we're in the after show gentlemen, do you have anything that you want to say?
2: Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in there that we were doing some, some geocaching in the past couple of weekends already. And I just to, to hearken back to, to Sandra, what you were saying earlier, about being aware of that snow level. And it's, uh, the group that I hike with, um, is pretty cognizant of things like that. And it was kind of funny when we were doing our planning for where we were going to go, we we're looking at somewhere in sort of the North band, West Van, And it was like, okay, well, wherever we go, we're under 250 meters. Like we're not going over 250 meters. Like, that was, yeah. Because there's, if you know, the North shore of Van, uh, the Vancouver area, it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the magic number. You <laughs> stay under 250, you'll be fine this time of year. But we're like, yeah, you know what? Don't feel like digging for caches, geocaches in the snow. And, and if you start to get up there and you're absolutely right, it, you know, you got your trail crampons on, you maybe you bring your snowshoes, you're like I'll be fine. I'm good. But this time of year, that, that warm up starts to happen so fast, you can get into some pretty big trouble pretty fast. Um, just the snow can let go. And even if it's not an avalanche, I love the point that you made about um, you don't know what's underneath you.
3: No. And often what's underneath you is melting quickly and and it's deceiving and you might be on a foot of snow or or whatnot. Unless you know the area profusely and you're familiar with where the creeks run and how the lay of the land is in the summertime. Uh, I know these trails quite well. I used to be a park ranger for BC Park. So I had to look after Cypress and Seymour. They're both easily accessible parks right here in the North Shore. And I know the trails quite well. So I understand where a lot of the, the flow goes and the lay of the land. So, you know, Without that local knowledge, however, where we have so many people that have moved to the lower mainland and frequent the lower mainland from other parts of the province, they don't have that local knowledge. So they don't understand, uh, like you mentioned, that there's, there could be a creek running under there that all of a sudden it's melted and there's a, there's a sinkhole under there and it's, the surface looks great. You're, you're tromping along in your running shoes, which is often the case, which is a no-no, uh, by the way. Uh, and next thing you know, you're up to your knee and you're in a creek, your foot's soaked, you're cold, and you're an hour north and, and you didn't bring what you should have brought. Uh, you're not in the right footwear, you don't have a change of clothing, now you're soaked, maybe you've twisted your ankle. So these are, these are scenarios that are indicative of a few incidents that have happened over the years. Uh, these are the things we need you to think about. People say, you know, we, we don't know what to expect. Well, we're trying to get you to think about those unexpected scenarios that could happen. So think, think like that before you go. You're having coffee, getting ready to go. What do we do if we got stuck? How could we spend the night tonight with a broken ankle or uh-huh. knee or something? So these are the scenarios. We want you to think of those what ifs, what ifs, and, and are you taking with you to get you through those situations? Because search and rescue aren't there like that. They take some time sometimes, and it might be longer than you think. Or weather might change, and they might have to postpone that uh that flight in or the hike in uh, or the boat ride in wherever you are and it could be hours or the next day or the following
1: day.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Boy, in the chat we have so many people saying this was an excellent show. And Sandra, I'm blown away. Number one, you're an excellent presenter. Uh you're you're a natural for podcasts. You should be doing more. Agreed. <laughs> and the information you had was just absolutely incredible. So,
3: Happy to help. Thank you very much. It's, it's you know, it, I'm really lucky that I get to do what I love to do. I, I, I'm really fortunate, and it's morphed into a lot of media, which at the beginning I thought was just craziness. And I thought, oh no, but you know what? It's an awesome way, it's a fun way, it's an interactive way to share our message. And mm-hmm. that seems to be almost the only way to really continue on that path and getting it out there um, in as many forms as we can. So I'm happy to come back and uh, entertain uh, whoever's listening.
2: Yeah, we called edutainment.
3: Edutainment. <laughs> I might have to steal that one.
0: Oh, please do. That's yeah, all
3: right. That's good.
2: I stole it already. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, in the chat, uh, Trexer says, "I fondly remember seeing someone climbing grouse grind in grouse. fashionable grouse. grouse. Sorry, grouse grind in fashionable shoes and a shopping bag in their hand." <laughs> so
3: has been some attire we've seen along the north shore we 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 get that privilege you know um i just read something in the news lately i don't know if you guys saw it too it was uh, in Italy and they were now finding people. I can't remember the area, pardon me. Um, a, a popular tourist area. They were finding people for wearing flip-flops in this one area because mm. flip-flops weren't the indicative shoe that they should have on. It wasn't, you know, and they were having rescue after rescue after rescue because people weren't wearing the right footwear. We didn't jump into footwear too much tonight, but you know, you brought up the gross grind and whenever anybody does, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is footwear. Um, and that physical preparedness, those yeah. are, who keep holes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get off the bus or they get dropped off or park and go. And, again, it goes back to that easy access and that false sense of security, which often results in flip-flops and really weak running shoes or no ankle support or no tread. So, you know, we think, oh, it's easy to get to. It's just the grouse grind. Definitely it's not just the grouse grind. Mm-hmm. It's the North Shore. And there's a line from front country to back country, and the North Shore and West Vancouver are it here in the South Coast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and in the summertime, and you've mentioned it, uh, Mount Seymour again has lots of really easy access hikes up there. We've been hiking, well prepared, our hiking group uh, going up Seymour, uh, heading to um, is it Second Pump? Yeah, and yeah. Second Pump. And, and on our way back down, passing people coming up in the evening, wearing nothing but yoga pants and sneakers and, and a maybe a light jacket because they want to get that yoga pose at the sunset, standing on the rocks. And you're Like, guys, no. Yeah, yeah I oh, know. We it's- really need to come up and rescue you. Can you just <laughs> turn around now? Yeah. Yeah, and and
3: Um, I've done lots of media with CDC and other groups about the social media phase and the and the influence it has on our decision making, and the influence it has on what I would say trip planning is, or a really brutal version of trip planning. They see these wonderful pictures and they see these people, or they are creating these images on the peaks uh, uh, near the waterfalls, and they're doing the stunning, beautiful pictures of it all, um, and posting it, and it's great. However, the people seeing those maybe next time are using that as their only means of trip planning. They don't know that they had to tromp through the snow and that they fell through that sinkhole to get there or that they came down in the dark because you saw them at 6, 7 at night and the sun set at 7.30 and now they're coming down in the dark. So th- this, is, this is real. This, this happens faithfully. The, the, the Insta log at Joffrey Lakes is another wonderful example of everyone going there in droves Thousands and thousands of them to get that picture on that log. Yeah, it's a whole other podcast. That's a
2: whole.
3: <laughs> I can tell you that's something out on its own. There's there's overuse. There's park use. That's a whole other show.
2: Yeah, but, all our BC listeners just sigh and bang their head on the wall as soon as you say yeah, Joffrey legs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, but it, it can go back to the 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 touristy spot in in um, in Italy that I just mentioned. That you know, it's a popular destination. It's overuse possibly i just got uh, i just went to the bc tourism conference last week here in vancouver we talked about over tourism uh you know that place in italy joffrey gross these are areas that are so popular now is there an over tourism problem again that's a whole other chat but it's worth the uh, conversation
2: that would that would be a fascinating one um i also have uh alan who noted noted that he's joined patreon and so i will have an extra name to read <laughs> next time thank you for creating that problem for me alan i appreciate it um he noted that uh, they did a guided snowshoe up at mount seymour this winter with his work colleagues and he was really impressed that part of that guided snowshoe was stressing uh the uh, the information or and stressing that you inform someone of your whereabouts and pack the 10 essentials so that's fantastic
3: that is fantastic. We, yeah. you know, we we work with a lot of affiliates who are directly related with us. If they're organized groups or tourism or people we've trained, and there's others there that just love to share the message as well. And it doesn't have to be our scripted message, but that they're even speaking about safety and they're talking about being safe out there. It's it's I think it's turning a corner that it's it, that it's cool to be safe and it's cool to talk about it and it's cool to share it. it not to say it wasn't, but it wasn't as cool or sexy as maybe the response side of search and rescue. Uh, you know, media, good or bad, like them or not, they'll they'll show that, um, as they should, they need to tell that story, but they also need to share the prevention side of that story. It's it's a it's a it's a full package. So that's great to hear that they were sharing that as well.
1: The comment in the chat says it's cool to make it back alive. <laughs>
3: <I like that. laughs> it's kind of cool to come home. With. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
0: yeah,
3: that's very, very cool. It's about as cool as it gets.
0: Yeah, coming back without a story—that's cool. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
3: yeah, it is. You want to come home? You want to go out and do it again? That's the mm-hmm. thing, right? You want to do it again? And 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 that might fall a little bit to that hole you get to the situation where you've planned it you've got to the trailhead or you've got to the park and you maybe you've taken time off work for this or this is the week you planned to go 3 months ago and then you get there and something maybe isn't right about it if it's the weather if it's your partners if it's your if it's your physical fitness if it's your mental stability or maybe you didn't take that training that you wanted to take and maybe there's sometimes you need to not go sometimes the best trip plan is not not to go at all Mm-hmm. So, and that can be based on avalanche conditions. It can be based on a lot of outside influences, but it can also be internal. And it and it's okay to not go as well. It's okay to to come back another time. But I know sometimes that's tricky based on planning and and, and trip preparation. But it's good to keep in mind anyway.
0: That's right. Sometimes, as I Ham says, it's good not to need a towel. That's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, but speaking of Iham, congratulations to his wife, Die Monkey, for three thousand geocache finds last Sunday. Monkey cakes, cakes, sorry, that was that was her old name was Die Monkey. Sorry, (laughs) Monkey cakes. Um, Three thousand she made, not all three thousand on Sunday, but leading (laughs) up to Sunday. Yeah, we celebrated
1: on Sunday. I met them for a little celebration dinner. It was fun. Very cool.
0: Well, congratulations. That's
2: that's an achievement for sure.
1: That's a weekend geocaching for the Land Monkeys.
0: No, no, it's
2: not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a month in preparation for some, some yeah. big event. Yeah. Um,
3: years for me, but I, <laughs> I sounds like a lot.
0: It's, too, it, it's all relative.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And also, uh, IHAM says, and Wits End, I'll let you finish this. <laughs> Three geocachers walk into a vendor dog and pony show. So the short story of that is that I went with Ham this afternoon
1: to a technology vendor trade show thing, you know, presentation, shall we say, come hear our product and we'll give you a free dinner because Chris was unable to go. So he, tech- he emailed me and said, hey, I can't make it to this thing. Do you want to go? And I had the time. So I went in his place and mm-hmm. the room was set for 50 people or so. And we found out that the presenter that was supposed to to be giving us the presentation is snowbound in Fort Collins, Colorado in the snow cyclone and couldn't get there. So we had a stand-in. I said, well, I happen to be a stand-in too. But like I said, it was set for 50 people. And at the time, the event was... We got there 20 minutes early, so we chatted, just the three of us. And after a while, finally another uh, attendee showed up, Tubatad, another geocacher. Uh, (laughs) So... Uh, and they finally did show up a few more people. I think we had seven. Wow. But for a while it was just three. So I texted Chris and I said, Hey, uh, you're missing out. Uh it, apparently it's like a geocaching event here. So <laughs> <laughs> and uh so it was it was a set in a game, uh what is it? Dave and Busters? What's the name of the place? Dave and Busters was yeah. the name of that. I'd never heard of it, but it's uh, if you've never been there, it's a Chuck E. Cheese for adults. Ah, uh, video games and whatnot. Fun. And yeah, it was kind of fun. The food was good and the food games were fun. And as Tuba Tad commented in the chat, Witsend, end, uh, yes, I was a slightly damp air hockey champion because they have a large square four-sided air hockey table that we decided you could play just three players. So we did. And when we went over there, it was completely occupied by a whole group of people with all of their cheering sections. So it must have been 20 people crowded around it. We said, okay, well, we'll go do something else. And then we came back five minutes later and the table was empty. We said, great. And we found out why. Because some of the exuberant uh, participants had spilled drinks oh. onto the air hockey table and it was all wet. <laughs> uh, but the, one of the attendants showed up with towels and we all dried it off and we played anyway. And I emerged victorious. So that was fun. It was a fun night.
2: Congratulations. Mike. And
1: uh, thank you. And we, I got home and raced in here at five minutes to nine and powered <laughs> on the lights and did a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well done. Good. Well done.
1: And I think Tubatad
0: got in about 9.30 after his beers.
1: He coming and we got in, yeah. said so he just <laughs> finished up down there, and he said the geocaching event spontaneously broke out.
2: There you go. <laughs> well, um, more feedback for Sandra. Uh, Keats94 in our chat commented that uh, as he is someone who works in an outdoor store, he will definitely be talking about Adventure Smart with all of the members who come into Mountain Equipment Co-op, and he thanks you for the service that you provide.
3: Hi, ah, you're very welcome. And we worked with MEC for a long time. We we collaborated with MEC at different locations throughout the province and the country since 2005. Uh, we, we've gone into their different stores and put on our awareness training and presenter training for them because they're, they're front frontline. Their frontline uh, staff and volunteers that run their events, their race uh, series, which is amazing, and uh, and sell all the gear to the people that are heading out there to hopefully be adventure smart and sometimes be rescued. So, if uh, if their staff at Mac are interested, we'd be happy to um, help them out further as well. But they're they've been great supporters to date. Thank you.
0: Excellent.
2: Guys, I you want see. to take any more of these? I was going
0: to say, the Land Sharks says we're having an Adventure Smart presentation at an event in April. All right. So we'll that have to learn do. more about that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, we'll push that. That uh, we'll have another adventure. So adventure Smart presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's if
2: that's at a geocaching event, which it might be, if it's Land Sharks, yeah, it could um, be. Uh, I asked Landsharks to make sure they send us the GC code for the event and we'll make sure we uh, promote it on the show. Awesome.
0: Exactly. Yeah. One other uh, thing I wanted to mention is that Broncos fan for life. One of our supporters is moving away. So if you get to see her before she makes that move, she's moving away, I believe to Colorado. I thought it was Utah. Maybe it's Utah. Um she she's moving away for work so okay well she could still join us on thursday nights oh definitely but uh, if you get to see her maybe out and about she could be too busy right now to do caching with with all the moving and such but either take to
1: Salt lake city yeah
0: yeah um you know let her know that she'll be missed here
1: absolutely yeah and you know that's a whole bunch of new geocaches right
2: Exactly. Well, some new geocaches because well, she's done some the she, Geo Tour out there. She did the
1: Utah Geo Tour, so yes, I'm sure of that. But I'm pretty. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she didn't find every cache in the state of Utah. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. then she's slowing down because <laughs> yeah, the Broncos fan for life I know would have
0: cleared out the state.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure she did a very respectable
1: effort, but there's probably a few new ones since then. There you go. Awesome. And
0: one other thing is Bryling hit 10,000 geocache finds last Saturday. Yeah. Last he, Sunday. I apologize.
2: He did. I'm remiss to have uh, not mentioned that. I was wow. there with him. It was fantastic. We had a great time. Um, we were at, uh, Sandra, you'd probably be familiar with Lighthouse Park. Yes,
3: very much so.
2: That's where we were for Brian's 10,000th geocache find that, that day. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was a neat, uh, it, that's a great place to hike. And again, it's a good place to be prepared because there's sections of those trails where you could twist an ankle really, really easy in that park.
3: Yeah, yeah. it takes only, it takes not too long to get in there and you have your own little solitude for a bit and you get to the ocean and there's there's opportunity for, for incidents along the way. It's not a big park. It's not off into the back country, but there's, there's some areas there that you've got to be careful for sure. Wow, 10,000, you guys are, Busy bees. I can't yeah. see how much. Well,
1: some yeah. of them are. <laughs> oh, yes. It's, it's the hobby is whatever you make it. Very so,
2: Beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some people go for numbers. Some people go for adventures. So it, you know, it's whatever you want to make of it. Okay. It, it yeah. can be a lot of, either way, it's a lot of fun. Very
3: good.
0: Yeah. Now, I,
2: I want to share this, uh this fatass from Keats. Um, it's it's a bit on the sadder side, but I do want to share it because I think it's a it's an important story to share. Um, and I know we're running low on time here, so we'll we'll get through this as well. Um, Keith shared that two of his colleagues were involved in a climbing accident on Crown Mountain, and unfortunately, one of them lost his life from a big fall. Um, so I mean, it happens, and climbing is a pretty high risk mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hobby. So definitely that can happen. But he shared that the SAR group was very responsive. And the bottom line is you just never know when an emergency is going to hit. Um, and that's, that's the story I wanted to share. So, you know, a bit of a cautionary tale in the sense of, I mean, accidents are accidents and they happen, but if you've left a trip plan, um, you at least increase your probability of getting out there alive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's important. Um, Sandra, Keats had a question for you. And it's, what's the riskiest situation you found yourself in when you're in the outdoors?
3: Personally, the riskiest situation I found myself in. Ah, that's a good one. Um, I've done a few things over the years. Uh, I used to be a park ranger, as I mentioned before. I was that for almost 12 years, front country, back country, spring, summer, winter, fall um on mountain bikes on boats and, and helicopters all sorts of fun stuff avalanche assessment uh, i took the outdoor rec program at cap u and i love to play outside myself so i'm an, uh, i've fallen in love with mountain biking again i did it before i had two children and my children are in their late teens early 20s so that's uh it's allowed me to get back on my bike and and i'm an avid skier and hiker but you know tricky situations are, are sketchy yeah i i remember being lost actually once and I was in my park uniform <laughs> i'll be as honest as all honest and uh and, and 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 it wasn't super risky it wasn't super dangerous but i i was i had lost my bearings And it it was a time that um, I was new to my career in outdoor recreation and and safety processes were set in place. We had strict check-in, check-out procedures and radios and calms, everything. So we were good. Um, But what what changed that for me that time was the weather. And it socked in, um, for those that don't know what that means, it got super foggy and I couldn't see two feet in front of me. And it just, uh, it just changed everything for me and it made me lose my way and it made me lose my bearings if anyone's actually um, lost them. And for those of us that were talking tonight, we think we're pretty equipped and, and trained in, in finding our bearings and keeping them. But when you lose them, um, and I had a sense of the land and knowing the area, but still I felt lost. And it was an interesting feeling. It was definitely an interesting feeling. Um, and it was resolved within 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't rocket science. But, it, you know, it was that feeling that you get amongst you. And, and that's important to talk about, too. We didn't talk about anxiety and the stresses of feeling lost and and what that can bring to you. And that changes your whole mindset and your decision making. And it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to sometimes put yourself in that situation hypothetically to think man okay what close my eyes maybe and just think about a few things but you know that was that was a time I remember also skiing I was on an avalanche safety course I remember falling into some big snow and it wasn't anything major but my mouth got full of snow my nose got stuffed full of snow and my ears got stuffed full of snow and I had to cough it up and you know I was upside down and again short and sweet but couldn't breathe for a few seconds which isn't the end of the world but it it quickly makes you consider where you're at and what you're doing and the situation you're in. So, you know, they both weren't dire. They both weren't crazy or super risky, but they make you think.
1: But they could have been,
3: but they could have been. Yeah, yeah. you're right. They could it happens have been really quickly. Yeah. And, and I've, so. I've lived in an outdoor rec world for my work and my passions. And, you know, I try to do my best all the time too and set great examples, but getting back to your point is accidents happen and things go sideways sometimes. So, You know, it can be a tricky situation for everyone.
0: Yeah. And they can go sideways quickly,
3: quickly, weather, trip on the rock, fall down, hurt yourself. You know, these are unexpected things that we can't often avoid those ones. Um, But there's a lot that we can prevent from happening.
2: So that, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling like this is a great place to call it for tonight because we, you know how they say always leave them wanting more. Uh, Sandra, you've given us so many great ideas for future shows with you. So we've been making some notes and listeners, if you've stayed with us for the whole time, we hope you've just really enjoyed listening to everything we've had to share. And we promise Sandra is going to come back and we've got some great stuff to get into and have
0: just some some more fantastic episodes here.
3: Wonderful. I look forward to it. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Sandra. And folks, until next week, get out and get cashing. In the Northwest.